Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is April 24th, 2023. It is Monday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by the magic of trees. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, One of the most subversive institutions in the United States is the public library. Yesterday was International Reading Day, by the way. And that was Bell by Bell Hooks. So what are we drinking today? We are drinking Sip of Spells, a freezer spell, lemon green tea. This lemon meringue green tea will brighten up your day with creamy sweetness and sunny lemon notes. It has green tea, lemon, vanilla, and cream, and uh, it is absolutely delicious. I actually bought a Ninja Creamy because I am a, uh, I'm very influence, influenceable. And I really want to steep some of our teas overnight in milk and make ice cream with them. But I cannot figure out which tea is the best one to do it with. I really think it's going to be Flower Moon, the uh, Lady Grey, Earl Grey Lavender. I think that one's going to be the ice cream tea. I really, I really, really do. So I'll try it out and I will let you know. So we've been talking about freezer spell all month, and uh, we talked about lemon. Well, first we talked about orange, and then we talked about lemon, and now we're talking about just green tea. What is green tea? We hear about it all the time. Everyone says it's so incredible. So what is it? We need to know. So uh, this is from Tichula, Tichulia. Dot com. So uh, green tea is from the tea plant. We know this. We've talked about this. And uh, it's the tea, I believe, before it is fermented. But let me double check. Yes, it is. So green tea, the leaves are harvested and then quickly heated by pan frying or steaming. So it's not oxidated like a black tea. So it's like the same thing. It's just the processing is different. And green tea is very much kind of hyped up as like this health thing. And we will get into that uh, later this week. So uh, there are a few different types of green tea. It all depends on like Oh, it all depends on like the tea producers and the certain cultivation processes that they use. Um, there is Dragonwell, which is a smooth, flat, sword-shaped tea. And there's gunpowder, which is more like pellets. And then, so Chinese green teas are usually pan-fried, while Japanese green teas are usually steamed. So 
the Chinese ones that are fried are going to be the dragon well and the gunpowder. And the uh, ch- uh, Japanese ones that are steamed are going to be the sencha, um, the jamesha, the matcha, things like that. So, yeah, um, we love tea. We love green tea. And we're going to talk more about it this week. All right, moving into some headlines. So we actually do have a sad one today. Um, we, we we lost somebody really great in our community. And this is definitely one, if you follow, you know, witchy people, especially more old school witchy people, maybe less of the trendier witchy people. Um, I'm sure you've heard about this. Uh, writer Rachel Pollock who reimagined the practice of tarot dies at 77. Uh, A few people did try to call the death like weeks before it actually happened, which not a cool move, you know? Um, And I definitely know Rachel Pollock was a very big deal to Kiki. Uh, She meant a lot to Kiki. Um, so we're going to dig in a little bit into Rachel Pollock and uh, her life. So science fiction and comic book writer Rachel Pollock died April 7th at age 77. Uh, they transformed tarot from a practice once dismissed as an esoteric parlor trick into a means of connection that felt personal, political, and rooted in community. Quote, we were trying to break the tarot free from what it had been and open up a whole new way of being, Pollock said in a 2019 interview with Masters of Tarot. Her 1980 book, 78 Degrees of Wisdom, was named for the number of cards in a tarot deck. In it, Pollock explored archetypes that hadn't been updated much since their creation in the 1400s. Based on rigid gender and class stereotypes, traditional tarot left little space for reinterpretation. Pollock reimagined it through the lens of feminism and saw it as a path to to the divine. She wrote a book exploring Salvador Dali's tarot and even created a deck of her own, calling it the Shining Tribe Tarot. And this is from NPR, by the way. Sales of tarot cards have doubled in recent years. Artists and activists have embraced tarot as a means for building queer community, as well as advancing movements. Pollock also delighted in challenging norms of gender and sexuality in the world of comics. In 1993, she took over the DC Comics Boom Patrol series, where she created one of the first transgender superheroes. Her name was Kogjula, and her superpower was alchemy an ability to dissolve and coagulate substances at will. She tried to join the Justice League, but was rejected, presumably for being unabashedly politically herself. The character's first appearance includes a pin with the slogan, Put a Transsexual Lesbian on the Supreme Court. Pollock poked fun at the limited career options available to many trans folks in the 80s. Coagula's past professions were as a computer programmer and a sex worker, but she also deeply plumbed the the psyche of public obsession with sexuality and gender binary. Coagula's first foil was a villain named Codpiece, who used a multi-purpose robotic crotch gun to rob banks and otherwise demand respect. 
Over the years, Pollock authored more than 40 books across several genres. Her science fiction novels, Godmother Night and Unquenchable Fire, won World Fantasy and Author C. Clark Awards, respectively, and the book Temporary Agency was nominated for a nebula. Her fiction dabbled in Kabbalah, goddess worship, and revolution. The worlds she created were both gleefully bizarre and deeply spiritual. A refuge for weirdos without shame. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. So, Rachel Pollock will be deeply, deeply missed, especially for those who love tarot, for those who, um, where tarot is a deep, meaningful practice to them. Anyone who loves tarot and who takes it seriously is indebted to Rachel Pollock. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Monday, April 24th. The waxing crescent moon joins a group chat in Gemini today. Here, the moon squares Neptune. Neptune is a planet that has a tendency to fuzz up the lines, so we may have trouble thinking clearly today. With the square, Neptune's bend toward the illusory has us chasing white rabbits instead of focusing on the task at hand. Try not to get too frustrated with yourself. This inability to focus has to do with today's vibes rather than any shortcomings of your own. Be patient. Whenever you feel your attention slipping, gently guide it back to where it belongs. If you find that you need a couple of minutes to slip into reverie, go for it. But don't lose sight of the horizon. Your daily moon mantra is, have patience with all things, but especially yourself. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All right, we are back. So we have a question from one of our listeners, Nicole Lilly. Nicole wants to know more about aromatherapy and spiritual practices. So one of the first classes I ever took within the witch world was actually on aromatherapy. Um, So it was like my first real class and I gave it my all. So it's something that always really stuck with me. So let's talk a little bit about aromatherapy and then how we can use it within witchcraft. So this comes to us from columbiamedicine.org. Aromatherapy is essentially the use of essential oils taken from plants to improve quality of life to reduce stress and anxiety. Aromatherapy is often used along with standard treatment to strengthen recoveries. So it, it is used in a very therapeutic process. 
So aroma oils or aromatherapy oils are made from fragrant oils found in many plants. These oils are made in a special uh, are made in special plant cells, often under the surface of leaves, bark, or peel, and they are used uh, made used with energy from the sun to create oils from the air, soil, and water. So if the plant is crushed, the oil and its unique fragrance are released. There are many essential oils used in aromatherapy, including lavender, peppermint, bergamot, lemon, and orange. Each oil has its own fragrance and is taken in and used by the body in different ways. Even plants within the same species may differ from one another because they are grown or harvested in different ways or places. So essential oils are very concentrated. For example, it takes 220 pounds of lavender flowers to make one pound of lavender essential oil. Essential oils evaporate easily when they come into contact with air, quickly spreading their aroma. So the simplest ways to use essential oils is to inhale the fragrance by putting two to three drops on a cotton ball or tissue. So you will quickly smell the oil. Some of the effect is from the emotional meaning of the smell to you. And we also know that tiny amounts of the oil enter your bloodstream just by inhaling the fragrance and it may have a physical effect on the body. Um, so before we get further into this, I do want to note um, you know, this is something people use in conjunction with traditional medicine. And yes, there is a lot of power to herbs. We talk about herbs every single day. We discuss this. However, I feel as if I would be doing a disservice to all of my listeners. You guys know I care so much about what I expose you guys to. I care so much about who is on this show. I care so much about the topics we cover. Honestly, I'm feeling a little uneasy about like a certain topic we had on a few months ago. Like I really, really care deeply that uh, I don't mislead. Um, I don't fear monger. I don't claim that um, things are, I just, I very, very, very care. I, I care very deeply that we all have a sense of groundedness and common sense when we talk about things because spirituality is vulnerable, period. Uh, there are people in this world who will use other people's longing for spirituality in a negative way. So I just, I care very deeply about what we talk about, how we talk about it, and what I talk about and how I talk to you about it. So we, we talk about herbs quite a bit. However, if you notice, um, you know, I'm never going to say, oh, 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 don't, screw your treatment, screw your hospital treatment. All you need is this tea. And I know, mm-mm. I'm, you know, and there are people who do that. Uh, I know we had a tea on not too long ago that like, I, it didn't come with the warnings. I, I, I feel it should have. So again, I just, I, I care a lot about how we talk about things. Now, I love essential oils. I love aromatherapy. Again, like I said, it was one of the first classes I, I learned. So, um, we do know there is a therapeutic aspect to this. We know that, we know that. However, there are companies who will use this to try to swindle people out of money, out of um, their jobs, things like that. 
basically, if you want to buy essential oil, buy it from that go just go to the health food store. You can find various essential oils of varying different prices. You do not need to join a MLM. You do not need to join a cult. You do not need to join a subscription service. You do not need to, I'm not going to name any companies, but you don't need to um, get involved with any companies who are trying to force you into a commitment just to buy freaking lavender oil. Okay. So that's just my little disclaimer. Um, it is 9 p.m. I am very tired. So I may be rambling too long, but I really hope that I get this point across. Um, no MLMs, no companies. If a friend is selling it and it's not their own personal product that they made, ask yourself, why, if this, if these products were so good, why do these companies need to make people peddle it to their friends? You know what I mean? So, okay, let's continue. Oof, sorry. I, sorry. I, I care a lot. I care a lot about, um, if I just don't want, I, I never want to be a reason anyone gets wrapped up into something that is not good for them. That's all I'm saying. So let's do a quick rundown of the different popular oils and how they're used. So lavender is typically great for reducing anxiety, helping you relax, treating headaches. Mandarin is great with anxiety and um, relaxation. Orange Orange is interesting. Orange actually, orange and lemon, I would say just from personal experience, affect people differently. For some people, orange helps people relax. For some people, it uh, does the opposite. It riles them up. It livens them up. So you just have to kind of see how you feel. Um, orange can also be really healing if you're under the weather. So if you're not feeling too hot, um, that that's a great one to kind of spread around. Then we have lemon. Lemon helps with mental alertness and focus. Peppermint can help with congestion, migraines, and fatigue. Bergamot can also help with fatigue and lower stress and tension. One of my favorite smells. Ginger uh, can help ease nauseousness and vomiting. And uh, Lang Lang can help reduce anxiety and stress. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how we can use this in magic. So this is really fascinating. Um, you can use aromatherapy. Basically, you can, you know, like knowing all this information, so let's say you study this, right? Let's say you're, you study aromatherapy and you're like, okay, lemon's going to help with focus and clarity. So um, I'm studying for a big test, right? And it's a big test. I have to pass. It is tomorrow morning. Um, what can I do, right? Well, maybe uh, diffuse a little um, a little lemon oil on a cotton ball or nearby or in a diffuser while you are studying. That may help uh, with your success. So you can kind of see how we can use aromatherapy in witchcraft to improve our lives, to uh, get what we want, right? Let's say you're hosting... Um, a new lover and you're like, okay, tonight's the night, you know, whatever. I don't know how people do that. I don't know how people make, make, make these arrangements work. So you're like, okay, tonight's the night. What are like, you know, I want just like the sexiest time of my life. Um, a little Lang Lang, a little black pepper and some rose, right? That's going to, oof, that's going to bring up those feelings that, 
uh, drive that wants. So if you uh, get really comfortable with aroma and uh, oils, and keep in mind, aromatherapy does not necessarily mean you need essential oils, okay? For some, sure, for some, sure, but sometimes it really is just the scent. Sometimes it really is just the scent, and if you're uh, tight on money, fabricated scents will work really well for, again, aromatherapy. Um, so you can save a little money there, but of course there are instances where essential oils are probably better, but you know, you'll figure that out as you're learning. So let's say you are inviting a friend over and like for the afternoon and you're going to have a difficult conversation, maybe a little orange and lemon oil, right? That's going to, uh, clear the mind, make things more clear. It's going to uplift moods and spirits. So that could be a good uh, combination. So similar to how we combine herbs with candles and uh, spell jars and all that, you can do the same with your oils. So yeah, if you're into that, uh, there's plenty of resources on it. Check it out. I absolutely love essential oils and aromatherapy, and I hope that was helpful. All right, witches, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Charlotte Dick. Charlotte, you noble, hospitable tiger cub. Midnight Lightning, you splendid, formidable land mermaid. Georgian Schultz, you sparkling, sophisticated tiger cub. And Lisa Lord, you cunning, kind Loch Ness monster. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And before we leave today, we do have a card pull. Our card today is the Eight of Pentacles from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer tarot deck. Let's see. Eight of Pentacles. Even when she's at the top of her sleigh game, Buffy still trains. Her calling is one of mastery, of precision, and always seeing what more she can perfect. The Eight of Pentacles invites you to assess your own skills. Where would you like to spend more time? What could you level up? Take this card as an assurance that whatever energy, time, and focus you devote yourself to will be a wise investment. All right, witches. That's all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we talk about today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com. Or if I forget to update that thing, it happens once in a while, uh, just email, post, whatever. I'll get it to you. We'll figure it out. All right, witches. Um, it's late. For me, 930 is like midnight. For real, for real. So <laughs> we'll talk later. Okay. Bye. Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day, full of joy and gentleness and confidence. Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. I had 
an abortion when I was 15 years old in my home state of Arizona in 1994. It was not a decision that I made lightly, but I have never for one moment doubted that it was the right decision for me. But so much has changed in Arizona and many other states since then. If I were that same 15-year-old in Arizona today legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound, go to a state-mandated in-person counseling session designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, and then take a state-mandated 24-hour time out to make sure I really know what I wanted. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. It is my body, not the state's. Women and their doctors are the ones that are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them no one else. No bill that criminalizes abortion will stop anyone from making this incredibly painful decision. These bans will not stop abortion from happening, but they will drive women and girls and people into the shadows, which is what this has always been about, shaming and controlling women's bodies. In the week after I shared my story on my show, women were coming up to me in the street, in the supermarket, at my gym, with tears in their eyes, thanking me for my bravery. But the word brave didn't sit right with me. Why is it brave to speak to an experience that millions of people around the world throughout history have gone through? And then I realized it is considered brave because as women, we have been taught to feel shame about our bodies since birth. I am so sad that we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements because the why doesn't matter, it should not matter. I am a human being that deserves autonomy in this country that calls itself free, and choices that a human being makes about their own bodies should not be legislated by strangers who can't possibly know or understand each individual circumstances or beliefs. I'm here today to help destigmatize a legitimate medical procedure and continue to encourage women not to allow themselves to be shamed for their choices. And finally, I am here today for my two little girls, Birdie and Cricket. My dream for them is that they will live in a world in which women are truly equal with complete control over their own reproductive health. That is the dream I hold for all people, regardless of their privilege or parents or what state they live in. That dream is slipping further and further from reality with every ban passed. I hope that you, our elected leaders, can help us reverse the tide. Thank you. I look forward to today's discussion.